Welcome into Brent's Broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for tuning in. Happy to have you here on this Wednesday. A day we're coming fresh off a new college football playoff rankings. This is the show that we were all waiting for last night, Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern. The college football committee announced its new top four this week amongst the many big games that happened this past weekend, which included... The University of Michigan, formerly ranked number four, losing to the formerly ranked number 10 Ohio State Buckeyes. A lot of shift in college football. We'll get right to that, as that is today's big-time headline. The college football playoff committee has finally announced their new rankings, as they do every Tuesday. Once again, we will see number one Alabama at the top of the helm, number one in the rankings, 12-0 undefeated. Not much to say there. They're the best team in the country. Clemson, undefeated, playing in the ACC championship this weekend, comes in at number two. One loss, Notre Dame stays at number three despite their testy game against USC. And Georgia moves into number four, replacing Michigan. They're at 11-1 with one loss. Oklahoma at number five, and Ohio State rounds out your top six as they are the two on the outside looking in. We've got a big week coming up in college football because while the top three are most likely to stay the same, bearing any surprising upsets uh, per se, we could say that number four is still very, very much up for grabs in the college football playoff. The current four spot, Georgia, is playing Alabama in the SEC championship this weekend. And this is what many people are considering will most likely be a loss for Georgia. Now, of course, if you talk to Georgia fans, they'll tell you otherwise. They believe that had Tuo Tegovaloa not been subbed in last year in the championship game, that they would be the reigning champions of the college football playoff. Nonetheless, they get their chance at Alabama again this year in advance of the college football playoff and could have the chance to play them again should they stay at number four. But this weekend is first things first. Georgia will play Alabama this weekend at 4 Eastern. And listen, if Georgia were to pull out this win, then they would no doubt jump up a few spots in the rankings over Alabama. But most people are assuming that Alabama, being that they're looking like the best team in the country, the surefire best football talent in the college football system, It appears that Georgia could easily lose this weekend, which would theoretically knock them out of the top four in the playoffs, which really opens up spots for number five, Oklahoma at 11 and one, number six, Ohio State at 11 and one. Now, Oklahoma has a big matchup themselves. They'll be playing in the Big 12 championship this weekend, and uh, they're playing against Texas. Now, their one loss on their record is against Texas this year, um, and they'll tell you they didn't play their best game in that contest. But this will be a big test because they get a chance to beat every team that they've played this year should they pull out the win against Texas. Uh, Then they would have beaten every team they've played this year, uh, even though that they're playing Texas twice. So this is a big game for them, Uh, a a redemption game at that. They're going to be highly motivated to get into the playoff for one, for two, to win the Big 12 championship, for three, to come back and beat Texas, the one team that's beat them. So Georgia's got, excuse me, Oklahoma's got a lot of motivation this weekend in the Big 12 championship. If they win this game and Georgia loses to Alabama, they will most likely and should get in to the college football playoff. Now, in the event that Oklahoma does not pull out that game, then that's where Ohio State will come in against Northwestern, which many people assume 
will be a W for them against Northwestern. And there's really no excuse if it's not. Uh, Ohio State has a more than favorable matchup against uh, Northwestern based off of uh, schedule and contest this year. So uh, Ohio State really is on the outside looking in with that really, really bad loss to Purdue. But if Georgia and Oklahoma both lose, that's probably the only way they get in. If Georgia and Oklahoma both lose and they win in demanding fashion, they could get in. Um, But we're most likely looking at Oklahoma probably sliding into that four spot should Georgia lose this weekend against Alabama in the SEC championship. After our big time headline, we're moving right into the surprise of today's podcast. Our big time surprise is Kawhi Leonard. This is a very interesting signing in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard has announced that he will sign a shoe deal with New Balance. Now, the deal isn't 100% finalized, as the Jordan brand will still get a chance to match, although many people expect that they will not do that. Uh, New Balance has offered a $5 million per year contract to Kawhi Leonard, and there are reports that he will be with New Balance uh, for the foreseeable future in his career. Now, New Balance has been out of the NBA for a while. Um, they've kind of gotten out of the modern-day sports shoe uh, business in reality. Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Jordan brand uh, have really dominated uh, the NBA market as far as shoes. But Kawhi Leonard is looking to jumpstart New Balance. Uh, they're taking a page. Puma is getting jump-started this year by signing some young players like Marvin Bagley, DeAndre Ayton, and most recently, uh, veteran and great big men DeMarcus Cousins. So New Balance is looking to do the same thing. They're signing a superstar in Kawhi Leonard, and they could get their uh, shoe uh, brand back on track in the NBA. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what uh, what specific shoe they design for Kawhi Leonard, if it looks nice, and if uh, they can get themselves back in there. I will say that some of the shoes that Puma's made uh, for their players look rather nice, and it'll be interesting to see if they design some special shoes for their players. Uh, nonetheless, New Balance is getting back in the business uh, with uh, former uh, Jordan brand signee Kawhi Leonard, uh, arguably a top three player in the NBA today. Now, this is going to spark a lot of conversation because it is really a shame. Our big time disappointment. Our big time disappointment today, Reuben Foster was claimed by the Washington Redskins off of waivers from the San Francisco 49ers uh, yesterday. And the Washington Redskins are looking to bring in defensive player Reuben Foster, who has been accused of domestic domestic violence multiple times, uh, twice within the last uh, year or so. And Reuben Foster uh, is still even being tried for this. Uh, It hasn't been proven or not uh, in court specifically whether or not he is guilty or innocent of the most recent domestic violence claims, although a lot of people would argue uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, to give both sides of the argument, uh, it has uh, been reported that his first accusation, one of his accusations for domestic violence from one of his former girlfriends was found to be a lie. She did admit to lying about um, 
accusing him of domestic violence. Uh, you can take that how you want it. You can take it with a grain of salt. A lot of people sometimes don't even believe uh, when a former girlfriend has announced she's lying because sometimes people feel that she was pressured into saying that. So, uh, you know, I can't be the judge on, on what claims are true in that matter. Um, but you know, regardless of whether or not she was lying, he's been accused again by someone else of domestic violence. And that's what he's on trial for now. And so the fact that this is coming up again really brings raise for a question uh, whether or not the first time was true, whether or not he's done it before, whether or not this is something that he will continue to do. Uh, despite that, the Washington Redskins, a team uh, in playoff contention, have lost their starting quarterback, probably in emergency mode, trying to win out uh, the AFC East um, because that's up for grabs. They're signing a player they think can make a difference. Granted, a good player, he's got a lot of baggage. I mean, do you really, as an owner, as a coach, as teammates, as fans, really want uh, a player like this coming to your team? We have seen over and over and over again teams like the Redskins, the Cowboys did it, signing players who have had domestic violence claims against them and giving them second chances. And this is very interesting because we've dealt with this controversy in the past year or two, whether or not Colin Kaepernick deserves a second time, uh, a second opportunity in the NFL over kneeling for the national anthem for police brutality justice against minorities in America. And he hasn't been uh, given a chance in the NFL because of that. And and, and and there's no doubt that it's because of that. Let's not kid ourselves. It's because of his kneeling for the national anthem. That's why he doesn't have a job. There's no, there's no question about that. So he doesn't have a job because of that. And we have NFL teams signing abusers to their roster, men who beat women to their roster. Where in God's name is that okay? I just really don't understand why as an owner, as a franchise, as a coach, as players, and Oh, I feel bad for the fans that they have to let this go on and on, signing these horrible people to their teams, regardless of, of their possible output. Why would you want this on your team? Why would you want a guy on trial for domestic violence? We saw last year, the Giants had a kicker on their roster who was accused of domestic violence, and they suspended him for a couple games and brought him back until, until the media crushed them, and they finally released him and decided to sign a new kicker. We have a kicker's job being saved for beating his wife. And then we have a quarterback who went to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl can't get a job for fighting for justice in America. It just doesn't make sense. But the Redskins have a, they have a history of, of dealing with garbage because their owner has also dealt with controversy because the Redskins' name is deemed as a racist term to Native Americans, and it should be changed so that they don't disrespect people. Now, the team in Washington, D.C. should change their name, but the owner has been naive and has basically said, we've been calling ourselves this for thus for this long. I'm not changing it now. So uh, uh, naive isn't the word. Ignorant is the word. Um, and stubborn. So he, he, he doesn't want to change it and he has no plans to. So I'm not completely surprised that he's signing a player like this. But I will say it's a big time disappointment, a big time disappointment that we can sign players who are on trial for domestic violence multiple times. Uh, and we can't and we can't sign a quarterback who took a team to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick's the best quarterback ever or that he's great. 
but but I just don't understand in this in this type of discussion, if we're not going to re-sign a guy like him, how are we re-signing people accused of domestic violence and being convicted of invest domestic violence? I just don't understand. In other sports headlines, uh, star shooter Kyle Korver has been traded away from the league low, terrible Cleveland Cavaliers to the Utah Jazz for two second round picks and shooting guard Alec Burks. Now, this is a good move for the Utah Jazz, who have been struggling this year on offense. Donovan Mitchell's having an off year compared to his uh, breakout rookie season he had last year. Uh, teams are a little more prepared for him this year. Uh, so uh, Utah could use the extra offensive power. Corver, a veteran, had told the Cavs over the offseason that he did not want to remain on the team. He wanted to be traded if they didn't think that they were going to be competitive this year and weren't going to try to be competitive this year. Uh, the Cavs elected to keep Corver throughout the summer, uh, were committed to being uh, as competitive as they could be. Uh, and now uh, the Cavs front office and the GM, I think, are realizing um, they're a bad team. And, and the best thing that uh, is in their interest right now is honestly getting a good draft pick. Uh, whether they can say that or not, they're probably tanking. And so Corver's uh, on his way out. Um, I respect the Cavs organization for letting him move on. Corver wanted to, to go to a team where, where he could play meaningful games. Corver uh, played in Utah earlier in his career, and I think it can help him out a lot. Personally, I would have liked to see Kyle Korver get traded closer to the trade deadline when uh, a more contending team uh, would have offered to pick him up, uh, would have offered to trade for him, uh, a team that uh, maybe could have used extra shooting and, and, and bench depth. Um, Houston could have been a team to go after him. Um, uh, maybe some other contending teams. Philadelphia really could have used him. Uh, maybe Toronto would have wanted to make a deal. I don't know. Philly for sure could have used him. Uh, they have a, a big-time lack in three-point shooting after losing Marco Bellinelli, Dario Saric, uh, Ersan Ilyasova, and Robert Covington, for that matter, after the Jimmy Butler trade. So I uh, would have liked to see him go to a bigger contender because I don't think the Jazz are going to be a championship contender. Nonetheless, it's a good signing uh, for the Jazz. Uh, good for Corver to move away from a team that's not competing. Uh, in the NFL, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be out another week against the Giants for the Bears. They're still the favorite in this game, uh, but he's out another week nursing a shoulder injury. A.J. Green's going to make his return from injury this week as the Bengals uh, look to put something together uh, to save Marvin Lewis's job, maybe. Um, uh, although uh, Andy Dalton went down for the year, he's on IR uh, with a thumb injury, so... Um, Andy Dalton's out, A.J. Green's back, uh, the Bengals uh, looking for anything at this moment. Uh, the 10-1 Saints head to Dallas uh, Thursday night, Thursday night football uh, in Jerry World. Uh, big game. Uh, the Cowboys have looked good lately. Uh, they look like they're a big threat to win the uh, NFC East now that the Redskins have slowed down some with Alex Smith going down. But uh, it'll be an interesting game. The Saints have the top, one of the top run defenses in the NFL, and the Cowboys have one of the best running backs in the NFL. So theoretically, uh, it wouldn't look good for Dallas, but Dallas is, uh, by their standards, pretty hot lately, and they are at home on a Thursday, so uh, we shall see. Uh, big records being broken in the NBA. Russell Westbrook tied Jason Kidd all-time with 107 triple-doubles uh, this week. Uh, one of the best at doing it all on the court is Russell Westbrook. Hopefully you can translate that into some big wins for Oklahoma City. 
uh, big records being broken by Russell Westbrook, as always, in this ever-evolving offensive NBA. As always, thank you for tuning in to Brent's Broadcast. It's a pleasure to have you guys in. We'll see you on Friday for another podcast.